Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. The truth train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us on the uncensored platform, Telegram for live chats and Q&A with our guests. Hope to see you there. On this episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast, we're speaking with Sarafina, a workman's comp and employee rights expert. We'll be covering the two most recent mandates, as well as adverse reactions and exemption denial. This should be a very interesting topic. Welcome to the show, Sarafina. Hi, ladies. This hot topic is basically your rights as an employee or ex-employee for workers' compensation during this lovely past three years, getting the jibbity jabs and being have to uh, wear a mask mandatory by your employer. And just to let you know a little bit about me, I was a worker compensation adjuster and auditor and also corporate uh, for workers' compensation nationwide. I also ran the AirTran uh, Airways worker comp program nationwide as well. So I'm very in tune and in touch with what's going on in the world of insurance. And as we all know, with all of the uh, natural disasters, with the food that's being destroyed, the ransomware that's being taken care of and not taken care of, but the ransomware that's being done to corporations And now the class action lawsuits against uh, doctors and hospitals for wrongful death suits. Unions are uh, doing class action suits against their employers and the regulatory agencies that uh, have hindered their employment as well. The insurance world right now is, I would say, in the red. They're not doing well. They're paying out a lot of claims. And I don't know the exact reason why individuals are not being informed by their employers for their rights for filing worker comp claims. Um, And I've noticed that I've had quite a few clients that have contacted me and I've assisted them with getting to file worker comp claims because they're not getting cooperation from their employer. So that's why I'm so glad that you have me on your show today so I can inform and answer any questions that you have. Well, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be really interested in hearing it from a professional in your field. So is it they don't really need to hire a lawyer, they need to hire someone like you that's an expert in insurance? That would be the start, because an attorney is much more expensive than I am. And with my expertise, I'm able to guide you through the process of basically notifying the state of your employer's non-compliance. And also I've had employers that retain my services as well because they wanna make sure that they are compliant and they don't wanna send a red flag to their insurance company on some of the things that they're doing. So I assist in that respect as well. And specifically what we had at the beginning, um, this tyranny that has occurred globally First, it was employees were removed as being either essential or non-essential. And if you were non-essential, you lost your job. And then it was mask wearing for two weeks. 
And as you know, that has continued. And then it was the segregation of um, whether or not you're going to get vaxxed and uh, getting the, the jibbity jab, meaning, oh, you get free prizes if you get a jibbity jab. Have you ever heard of that in your entire life it, for your health being coerced with free prizes? Oh, in West Virginia, they were giving out free guns. You know, then you have other states that were giving out Krispy Kremes, um, uh, food, things of that nature. So basically, it started that way with the jibbity jab. And when that didn't work, then the executive branch over overextended their authority as a Sixth Circuit federal judge ruled. And they went to OSHA and they went to CMS and said to OSHA, we're not getting people back uh, jibbity jabs. So we are going to have you approach employers and say, if your employees are not jibbity jabbed, you can then fine them up to $137,000 per employee that's not jibbity jabbed. Do you remember that? And, and they also did it with the executive branch also approached CMS who runs Medicaid and Medicare. And what Medicare, Medicaid did they approached the medical providers and said, should you not get your employees jibbity jabbed when you submit your bills to be reimbursed, we're not gonna pay you. So if you wanna get reimbursed for services rendered, we recommend that you get your employees jibbity jabbed at which they started to do. And in the interim of that, if I don't know if everyone remembers, but do you remember the nurses and the medical staff that supposedly when all the hospitals were overrun with patients with the COVID-19, we started seeing choreographed dances, videos on YouTube, on uh, Telegram, on Instagram. That was the medical community letting the public know, not only are there no, one, no one's here in the hospital, but we have time to choreograph, film, and get out these videos. Well, then that's when all of a sudden the medical community was being told it's mandatory that you get jibbity jabbed. I remember that very well. And I, for some reason, when I, I actually was on Instagram at that time, and whenever I was seeing these videos, I, I was just like, it was so cut and dry to me. I'm like, don't you people see they're trying to tell you we're not dizzy. And there were so many nurses that would put like the little targets like, yeah, you got it in the comments, but they were afraid to lose their job and their license and all this stuff. Months down the road, if they refuse the vaccine, they're like, oh, get out of here. When they were allegedly the heroes and everybody's clapping for them. So that just goes to show you that's propaganda 101. Exactly. I did have a question when you brought up insurance. Um, it was brought to my attention the other day that um, there has been no increase in payments um, for life insurance. So like these insurance companies paying out um, for people dying. So I was wondering, do you know anything about that? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, uh, Dr. David Martin has a video out on the history of insurance. It's on Bitchute, I believe. And what we saw when Governor Cuomo and other governors gave immunity to the owners and C-level management of the nursing homes at the beginning of this um, fiasco, 
basically the individuals that were all of a sudden in lockdown in nursing homes that were not jibbity jabbed um, at that time, but yet the governors were ordering people who were inpatients in hospitals with the diagnosis of COVID-19 to be released and put into the lockdown nursing homes, opposed to them going home. And when they, in, when that was introduced into the nursing homes, that's when people who were not jibbity jabbed all of a sudden were dying. And one of the reasons why that was done is because a lot of those individuals had exceeded the term limits of their life insurance policies. And the insurance companies were about to be responsible for distributing annuity payments to those individuals. So if they're not alive, guess what? Not only did you not pay for life insurance, but you also got out of paying for annuity um, amounts as well. And also, it, I would like everyone to know that on the ICD codes, that's the coding system that's used for diagnosis, treatment, and reimbursement. And anything that starts with a U is experimental. And the jibbity jabs, they're diagnosed with a U. So they're experimental. So if someone dies after having a adverse medical reaction to getting a jibbity jab, the insurance companies um, are not paying out life insurance policies should you have done it voluntarily because that jibbity jab, the ICD code starts with the U, it's experimental that null voids life insurance policies. So before we get too far into it, we've established um, a little bit about what you do and what has been happening. Um, I think it would really help our listeners get a grasp on um, on how you would be able to help them if you gave us a case example. Sure, I can give you several actually. Let's say that where you work is a drug-free workplace. And whenever your employer asks you to go take a drug test and you do it on their time, you get mileage paid and you know, no, there's no interruption of your pay. Whereas now, when it comes up to the PCR test, which by the way, the gentleman that invented those tests was on video and said that those tests were never made to be used as a medical diagnostic tool. They were only made to collect DNA. And after the video went out, he was dead within a week. So basically, if I work at a place that's a drug-free workplace and all of a sudden I have to get weekly PCR tests but yet I have to do it on my own time. I have to find my own facility and I have to pay for it out of pocket. No, that is enhancing the employer, not you. So the employer should be paying for these tests. That's one example right there. It has nothing to do with workers comp. It's simply if it enhances the employer, they are responsible to pay for it. Like if you're asked to wear a back brace, if you work in a warehouse, do you buy the back brace? No, the employer does. If you have to wear steel tipped shoes, either in a warehouse or kitchen or what have you, the employer pays partial amount there. And then you pay the rest for the shoes, things like that. So, so for the employer, this is not workers comp related, but if the employer has you 
taking a weekly PCR test, they should be fitting the bill, not you. You should not be losing time from work because it's enhancing them. Is that a good example for you? Yeah, that's a perfect example. Um, and, you know, and thank you really for that information. Definitely going back to the inventor of the PCR test, he 100% came out. He was not a friend of Dr. Fauci. He didn't agree with any of Dr. Fauci's um, research or involvement with anything he had going on. And as most truthers know, there is much, much more to the story. The theme is deception um, through and through. There's no reason for that swab to be shoved up your nose and possibly breaking the membrane between the nasal cavity and the brain because then you have infection. It's also a satanic ritual when going after the pituitary gland, just like wearing masks is a satanic ritual and also violates the Nuremberg uh, Code. But the swab that goes up, there's no reason why you can't spit on it. There's no reason why it even has to make contact inside your body because we don't know what is being put into our bodies. We do know of Professor, well, Harvard's Professor Charles Lieber, who was arrested not once but twice for colluding with the Chinese government with his research on nanonite technology. That man was being paid $750,000 a year between 2009 and 2020 to submit his research to China regarding nanonite technology. Also, he was supposed to be recruiting fellow professors as well as students who were getting their masters and their, um, let's see, their, and PhDs to submit their research to China. And for those of us who have been watching the DOJ's website on who they've been arresting, a lot of professors, a lot of professors, have been arrested for colluding with China. And also, it, just so that you know, here's the chain of money that got to Charles Lieber, who, by the way, was continuing his father's research. It was Obama in 2009 who sent $3 million to Mr. Fauci, who is the head of the NIH. Fauci took his cut, sent it to Wuhan Labs. Wuhan Labs then started paying Professor Charles Lieber, and that's L-E-I-B as in Barry, E-R, if you would like to um, check it out. Harvard's name is popping up in a lot of uh, scenarios throughout these past three years. Recently, the Supreme Court justice that just retired, guess what? He's now a professor, a law professor at Harvard. And we had Henry Kissinger at Harvard. Um, Harvard has a lot to do with what's going on. Epstein, for instance, who had a high school uh, degree was a fellow at Harvard, had his own office at Harvard. So it's like, I know quite a few collegiates, they don't fraternize or socialize with people who don't have as many periods as they do. It's a, you know, they're not collegiates. So what would a high school graduate be providing to the professors and faculty at Harvard to be given a fellowship? You, you cannot have just a high school degree to be a fellow. I think they're providing them little children, maybe. Whatever it is. And the president of Harvard is resigning next year. No arrests or anything like that. I'm hoping that, and we're on a sidebar right now, but I'm hoping that the colleges that get shut down for their collusion with China are then utilized to help um, heal 
the individuals who have been part of child trafficking or uh, wokeism, what, whatever, because it's, it's phenomenal facilities. It's already made. You've got cafeteria, you've got dorms, you've got classrooms, you've got athletic uh, facilities. And it's like, I'm sure that you're going to see quite a few colleges and universities being shut down due to their collusion with China. And being in workers' comp, just so that you know why I'm going to make this next statement, is because after September 11th, uh, every state has, in the insurance industry, you have to continue with CEUs, your continuing ed. And in the mid-2000s, we had one week of biochemical weapons at the workplace. Now, why would we have that? And and we understood maybe a day of it, but not the entire week of the convention. And it was at the Peabody in Orlando. You can check it out. And when I arrived, uh, as with other adjusters and managers and what have you, we noticed that there was a four-star general from the Army there. And our first class had international speakers. Now, this was Florida Workers' Comp. We did Workers' Comp nationwide. I didn't understand why a virologist from Paris was speaking about botulism. Now, we did have a case in Miami where a pain management doctor murdered a husband and wife by treating one had myofascia, the other one had RSD with Botox injections. And so I was like, okay, where's this going? So at the end of his um, pr presentation about botulism being used as a biochemical weapon, I asked the question, what were his uh, feelings uh, or beliefs about what happened in Miami regarding the couple that, you know, yada, yada. And he looks at me and he goes, Madam, that is not the topic of the day. The entire room gasped because it's like, okay, th this is not workers' comp. This is something else. So me, I decided to go everywhere that general, uh, that general went, I went and I sat in the classrooms and I, and by the third class, the head of the CDC came over to me, introduced herself to me, and asked if I was interested in going out to lunch with her. And I said, no, just tell the general, I'm not gonna open up my mouth. I figured out what's going on. And it's like, yes, I could tell four ladies here and the whole place would know within 45 minutes. And she was like, no, 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 let's do it. And I'll tell you, I learned more about biochemical weapons and warfare then I with my two I had two lunches with her and each of them we were like two and a half hours. I, I learned more from those conversations than I would have the entire uh, week. It was amazing. And basically, I believe that what we are experiencing was and is a biochemical weapon that was released onto the public. Uh, in January is when people were told they were either expendable, or essential, or essential, non-essential employees. And then the masks started. And that's when it, this all began. And it's, and employees that were able to work from home were very fortunate. Those that were not, that were, had to go for unemployment, their unemployment and state benefits ended December of last year. So you have an entire population right now that has not received any money since December of the initial people that were let go that were deemed non-essential. So you have that going on as well. But now the governments 
have washed their hands of being responsible for making um, orders that are illegal, mandates that are not laws that people believe them to be. Both sides have to agree to that. And it was put onto corporations. And it was like medical exemptions for mask wearing. I don't know one hospital in this these United States that's honoring that. Do you ladies by chance? No, not at all. Uh, we're seeing the current administration say that we have, um, you know, low unemployment numbers, but that's going to be based on the fact that no one is paying unemployment. When it comes to tying that in with workman's comp because you were um, deemed not essential or let go because of the mask or the jab, um, how can you help with that? Well, being that, and you're right about the unemployed, what a lot of states are offering are food stamps. And if you have children, cash, um, they will help you with cash. There was a federal program up until December that was helping individuals pay for utilities and their rent. And it's been cut. It's been absolutely cut. So um, and I'm trying to think what else. And for health insurance, you have Medicaid that people are eligible for. And my attitude now is, Please don't let your ego or your pride get in the way. Go for those benefits. You've paid into them for years and go take advantage. You're not being a loser. Right now, everyone else is getting federal funds that are uh, paid by for taxpayers, but we're not. And so it, it's like there should not be people losing their homes because they either have a um, fear of getting the vaccines and the medical documentation is proving that the so-called oh, chibi jabs, sorry, are not working. And the individuals that are expiring are individuals who have had the Jimmy jab. And now where it comes into workers comp is mask wearing. If you are made to wear a mask at work by your employer and you do not wear a mask outside of work and that's the, the key issue if you you must not be wearing a mask outside of work because those individuals that are being forced to wear masks by their employers you have individuals that are getting plastic in their lungs they're getting strep throat they're getting fungus they're getting dermatology you know breakouts they are um, having difficult, they're having adverse reactions with their blood, too much carbon dioxide because you're inhaling it. And it's like, if you are in that situation where you do not wear a mask and have not worn a mask outside, but only at work, but yet all of a sudden you have upper respiratory infections and things like that, that is possibly a worker comp claim. And you should file it with your worker comp carrier. And I'll get into that in a moment, step-by-step step, uh, about that. And right now, em the employers that are not forthright, they're using their HR departments to be making determinations. Oh, you can't file that. Oh, that's not a worker's comp claim. They're not licensed adjusters. And if you are working on site, your employer should have a poster in your break room that names the carrier and the phone number. Now, each state has different laws. Some states have it that the employer is supposed to file a worker comp claim. Some have only the employee can or both can. 
And if your employer, your HR department is telling you that they're, oh no, that's not a worker's comp claim. There's no need to file a worker's comp claim. Ask them to give that to you in writing. And if they won't, then get on the phone with your either your department of insurance or the department of finance, whoever is the government entity that regulates workers' comp, inform them who your employer is and inform them that they're not allowing you to file a workers' comp claim. Why that's important is because the employers who are not allowing you to file a worker comp claim, that's criminal. They, they have workers' comp insurance. The purpose of having workers' comp insurance is number one, so that you are legally allowed to conduct business in that state. And if enough people complain about you that you're not allowing your employees to file worker comp claims, the state's going to investigate you, fine you per occurrence, charge you penalties and interest, and you may lose the right to have uh, conduct business in that state. And if you're a nationwide corporation and you're in 41 states or 44 states and you're not allowing your employees to file worker comp claims, that's going to hit your bottom line. So that's why it's important for employees to know you have the right to file a claim. You won't be arrested if, a, an if the adjuster says, no, it's not compensable. And what that's based upon is the medical documentation. And in workers' comp, you're supposed to be going to authorized treating doctors. And if your employer is having you use your private insurance and paying out of pocket for your private insurance and using your vacation time and sick time versus what's workers' comp, where in workers' comp, you don't pay a dime. You don't pay a dime for your medications. And if you drive to doctor's appointments, you get paid. There's a certain amount of mileage. So, and, and what the employers that are not good employers, that um, they don't realize that you might have your health insurance with, um, let's say, um, I would say United Health. But then the same company is the same worker comp company that they use as a third party administrator. They have all the documentation. They have what the doctors are coding, what the diagnoses are. And so it's very traceable. Go how all of a sudden we heard on the internet that the EDI system was going up and down, going up and down on the internet. The EDI is the computer system and there's numerous softwares that are used um, to keep your medical records. You don't have any like hard medical records anymore really in hospitals, it's all in the EDI system. Meaning when you're in the emergency room, a person comes up with a little cart with a computer on it and they're entering your information on that. That's one of the EDIs. And with all of these class action suits that are beginning, it's in the best interest of the criminals and the people who are committing fraud insurance that the EDI goes down because there's no backup. So my recommendation to everyone today Contact your hospital, contact your doctor's office, get a backup. So you have a hard copy of your medical records and your test results. Because if that EDI system goes down here in the United States, there's no documentation for attorneys to go after to sue these doctors, corporations. And I also want to let you know that the majority of hospitals here in the United States, they're owned by two, religion, two religions. 
Seventh-day Adventist and the Catholic Church. Don't you find it odd and interesting how hospitals that are owned by those entities are not accepting religious exemptions for not getting the jibbity jab? That's because they serve Satan, not God. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And basically, and also, um, hypothetical, here's another uh, hypothetical. If you were a diabetic for the past 30 years and basically you've had the same health insurance, they know that you have diabetes and they know if you die, um, it's either due to organ failure, complications to diabetes, you know, something like that. That's just hypothetically. And that's a non-complicated case. Well, at the beginning of this fiasco, doctors and hospitals, and by the way, whoever controls the morgue controls the hospital and dictates to the doctors what to do. If you're not doing autopsies and the insurance companies are reimbursing a death due to complications of diabetes, failure, um, organ failure, and that's only 25,000. However, if they die of COVID-19, no autopsy, 65,000, 55,000, there you go. And right now we're seeing a lot of doctors leaving the profession. And it's like, and I don't know this, maybe one of your viewers knows this, but I was told that doctors have stopped taking the Hippocratic Oath. And I cannot find a year that that happened. And if that's true, then their allegiance is to the um, corporation. And not to the well, I definitely will um, do some digging to find out who has recently graduated from medical school and see if we can get an answer on if they've taken the Hippocratic Oath or not. Yeah, that's an excellent you. question. Yeah, thank you. And I noticed also that what's trending is a lot of the nurses are leaving the industry and um, because basically and their new profession is becoming midwives. Sarafina, thank you so much for the information so far. Tammy, did you have any questions? No, I just wanted to go back and touch on um, how you said get a midwife. I think that's like really um, great advice for people that are expecting to look into that. Um, of course, make your own decision. But, um, you know, I just recently um, learned like how common c-sections have become like the numbers are staggering from even 23 years ago when i had my son till now and i did have a c-section but like they're just doing them left and right when it's it's truly unnecessary and causes like way more stress on the baby and all this stuff so aside from the jabs and you know the medical tyranny that's going on um that's that's interesting that you brought that up something to definitely look into oh yeah it's the convenience for the doctors wholeheartedly a lot of doctors and medical providers their offices were closed for the first six months of 2020 so they're looking for missed revenue and it's like so you're having a lot of individuals being told of um oh you need this procedure you need that procedure and even if it's not covered under insurance, it's like recently I was told by my ophthalmologist, oh, you need LASIK surgery. And I said, no, I don't need it. I'm fine wearing glasses. Oh, it's only $500 an eye. And I said, is it covered by my insurance? No, and I said, no, that's okay. Thank you, I'll uh, continue wearing my glasses. And it's like the dentist, 
oh, you need a deep, uh, deep uh, cleaning. And it's like, I had just had one before this. And it's like, oh no, you need it again. Oh, that's $1,200. And it's like, no, that's okay. I'm fine. Thank you. Now, yeah, going yeah. back to the workers' comp claims, it, it's like, if you were fine and it, if you caught COVID and you believe at work, that is not workers' comp. Donald Trump set up federal guidelines for COVID-19 before he left office. And so it's like, and the insurance's point of view is, well, not point of view, but what they determine claims are, are your exposure for COVID-19 was no greater than the general public's. Therefore, don't even go down that road for workers' comp. What I am recommending for people is if, you chose not to get the jibby jab and then after your employer was intimidated by osha saying that everyone had to be jibby jab by a certain date or else they were going to start fining your employer up to one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars per employee and then the federal circuit judge said no uh it, the executive branch overreached their authority however healthcare workers are still have to get um, the jibby jab. And it, it's like, and that I'll go into in a moment, but if you have um, gone and got the jibby jab and you had an adverse medical reaction, that's when you file a worker's comp claim. Because if you were a healthy individual and all of a sudden after getting a jibby jab, you have a neurological condition where we're going like this all of a sudden, or you have a heart attack, a stroke, your platelets are not reproducing, that's an adverse medical reaction. And the adjusters, not the HR department, once they obtain the medical documentation will make the determination whether or not it's workers' comp or not. And I don't know about you ladies, but we are now seeing shows where we have doctors saying that people who had adverse medical reactions are being ignored by their doctors. And it's like, no, it's like, we're not going to be allow, allow them to ignore us anymore. But go ahead. That's, that's so true that um, I'm, I'm hearing the same thing as doctors are just like dismissing people that are having the adverse reactions and saying it could be anything. Um, when it comes to workman's comp, what about the people who didn't get it? They've been able to stay working, um, but have had to work in like hostile environments um since then are being treated differently since then um i don't know that that would necessarily be workman's comp but do you think that there's any way that um people will be able to pursue for um you know feeling um like outcast or pressured or coerced in the workplace yes absolutely um basically segregation became illegal in 1964 and it's jibby jab versus non-jibby jab that's the segregation that's happening right now. And that's when I recommend that you immediately contact a constitutional attorney or an employment attorney. And that's their uh, venue, basically. And it's not mine, but it's just we're seeing it in high school, in, in schools where children are being separated between those wearing masks, those that are not, those are that have been jibia jabbed that, and those that have not, that's segregation, that's illegal. 
and, and also what I'd like to point out, like when you were discussing your daughter with um, medical consent, what we saw last year, and it's still going on in some cases at pharmacy, pharmacies, as well as at schools, when you are clear cut and get it in writing, submit it to the school, have them sign off on it, have them give you a copy. Well, you, they keep the copy, you keep the original that you have informed them in writing that you do not authorize any um, employee or representative of the schools to give a um, shot to your child without um, your consent. Because if your child or even you are jibby jabbed and you did not give consent, you can have them arrested for assault. And why I say that is because it will then hinder these people that are um, pushing their agenda. Uh, they'll be like, oh, there's consequences. It's not, I can go, oops, sorry. You know, like um, CVS did that. They jibby jabbed 119 people who were there for a flu shot and instead, oops, we gave you the jab, the COVID-19 jibby jab, sorry. And they did not expect any repercussions. Well, people started having them arrested for assault. And why that's important is because if you have an adverse medical reaction after you did not give your consent and you were assaulted and you died, that's murder, manslaughter. These people have got to be held accountable. However, if you just allowed it, you know, or the school that goes, ooh, we'll give you a piece of pizza if you uh, let us do this, and the kid is hungry, that's coercion. And that's when you get um, basically constitutional attorneys, criminal attorneys, um, and if that happens in the workplace where you're being coerced, it, it's like that's an employment attorney. And it's like if you have an employer that says you cannot eat um, in the same lunchroom with your coworkers at the same time because you didn't get the jimmy jab, that's discrimination. Or you have to work the night shift uh, with all the other non-jimmy jab people because the other people are afraid of you. You have to remember when AIDS was around, it's like none of this happened because it was that genocide was directed at, at a specific two groups, needle sharers and uh, homosexuals. And the general public was like, oh, I'm not a deviant. I'm not going to be affected by it. But here the fear mongering is such that people are being allowed to lose their rights and being treated as second class citizens. And that's not right. The way the workers comp works in the 50 states in these United States is you either have exposure or you have a traumatic specific event that um, it either exacerbates a pre-existing condition or you have an accident. And, and in some states, if you are on drugs, it's an automatic denial, or, um, uh, or it's, if you're not wearing a safety device, it reduces it by like say 25%, what have you. But regarding with the jibby jabs that are being held, um, being forced on employees in order to keep their jobs, it, it's, um, this is how bad it is. It's like I was interviewing for a job, uh, a remote position, and I would never be going into an office. And I was asked in the middle of my interview if I had been fully vaccinated. 
And without missing a beat, I, I said to the man, have you been fully circumcised? And everyone on the Zoom call went, oh, ma'am, uh, that's an inappropriate question to ask. I said, yes, as is yours. It's none of the employer's business if you have been jibby-jabbed or not. And for them to have it as a prerequisite to have a job or keep your job, my question to them is, what, we've been having a TB epidemic in the prison system since the 80s here in, the, in these United States. I don't see where people have to get uh, vaccinated for TB in order to have a job. I don't see where malaria, that's airborne, why people are not getting vaccinated. Ebola, why we're not getting uh, vaccinated for that. So this is a targeted reason. And that's why I believe that it's being purposely done to um, eliminate a lot of individuals on this planet. Why I say that is because what I'm noticing, and please, you validate if you've been noticing this as well. Individuals that are healthy, 20, 30-year-olds, all of a sudden, after getting the jibia jab, all of a sudden, they have Lou Gehrig's disease, or they have stage four cancer where they never had it before, or they're having a heart attack. You're having little kids, little kids having heart attacks after they get the jibia jab. And it's like, it's not making sense. You have nearly 200 footballers, soccer players, that have dropped dead on the field after they've had uh, the jibia jab. And I find it interesting that like the NBA, it was mandatory for them, but it's not mandatory for the um, baseball players. Um, yeah, I definitely have noticed. And we've, anybody that just pays attention to even the slightest thing is they're definitely trying to normalize um, people having strokes and heart attacks, like saying like, um, don't take a cold shower because you increase your chance of having a heart attack. Um, before this jab was released for, um, for the children, the first um, blood thinner was approved for children. I think it was a blood thinner was approved for children um, because of the blood clotting issue and stuff like that. It's just absolutely banana republic that we cannot talk about adverse reactions, that there can be no objection information about what is going on. You cannot, there is nothing in the world that's just safe and effective without having any consequences. Not even my ink pen. This is a red ink pen. Some people are allergic to red dye. There is a warning for this ink pen. You have to be careful and you have to you know, make decisions based on what is right for you. And the fact that that's being taken away from people, the fact that we can't speak out about it, you can't post about it, you can't podcast about it, you cannot do anything about it, you can't talk about it in public because you're going to offend someone and so on and so forth. People have gotten their feelings all fucked up when it's really about the facts, the facts of making the right decision for you. But they started like advertising. I remember seeing like signage on the sides of buses that say strokes in children is normal. Like yeah. since when? Yeah, they're trying to normalize it. Right, they're trying right. to normalize it. And so that way um, the sheep just go along with it. However, there's no do-overs with your body. You get this jibia jab, you may have an adverse reaction. And 
if if your employer is forcing it and you die, well, guess what? Your family can file for a workers' comp claim to help pay for the funeral, help pay for benefits for the children who are dependents, and the and the employers they know that they're um, they're basically their premiums are going to go up, and and but they are I don't know why they are so incensed. What's giving them the incentive to forcing this on individuals and then on the backhand saying, sorry, if you have any adverse medical reactions or if it aggravates a predisposed medical condition, that's another reason why a claim would be compensable. Like if you were predisposed for Lou Gehrig's disease or heart disease, and after you get the jibby jab, you have a heart attack or a stroke, that exacerbated a pre-existing condition. And that's workers' comp. And so it, it's like these employers, I don't know what incentives they've been given to impose this. The, the state governments and the federal governments have washed their hands of the emergency COVID-19, but yet they've dribbled it down to the employers. And what I find interesting about the hospitals is they fired nurses who did not get the jibia jab, but then when they were shorthanded, oh, you can come back, but you don't have to worry about getting the jibia jab. It's like, how medical is that? You know, it's really not worth the, um, the mental strain that people have really gone into. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard because we want to hold the doctors accountable. We want to hold the nurses accountable and things like that. But there are also people that I do believe are, we're just, you know, unaware of what's going on and things like that. And they go to make the best decision, they get fired, and then they're pulled back. And man, it's just an absolute mess. So you're talking about if it's exacerbating a precondition, and then we talk about the EDI going down. And then we talk about like, um, the coroners, like the morgue and things like that. And then people, the doctors just flat out ignoring and dismissing the fact that, you know, that these things are caused or could be caused by the jab. And so then once you pile that on top of like insurance companies and workman's comp, I mean, this has to get very sticky very quickly, no? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely it is. And the, the fact is, is that we have rights. Workers' comp is there by law and there's a reason for it. And right now, companies are trying not to be... Uh, they're not doing their fiduciary responsibility. And my goal is to get the word out so that the states, because I'll, I'll put it to you this way, and most of the states made their budgets on the federal COVID money that was given and that was given to the states. Well, that's gone. So the states right now are looking to generate revenue. What's the easiest way? Start finding employers. And then on top of that, charging penalties and interest. So the states then, they're gonna catch wind of this and they're going to be enforcing it as well. And the fact is that, again, if you're working on site and your employer does not have a poster that tells you who your carrier is and their phone number, call, call your Department of Insurance or the Department of Workers' Comp or the Department of Finance, depending on your state, and then report the employer and get the word out. And it's like, what's the big deal? If you lose your job, you'll be getting unemployment.
And, and you know what I'm saying? And for right now with the recession, it's like I don't believe employers want to be shut down because that will adversely affect their bonuses. Keep in mind that the people on top of C management of corporations, they haven't taken pay cuts. They're still getting their bonuses. As long as they show a profit to the shareholders and the shareholders are getting dividends, they're happy. And they don't get they don't care about people like us on the front lines. They don't. We are expendable. We saw that when we were classified as essential workers and non-essential workers. So I just want to ask in closing, is there anything you would like our listeners to know? Yes. You have rights. You have rights. Use them. Um, we have been taking our rights for granted. And you cannot do that any longer. It's your choice. You have free will. And if anyone would like recommendations from me, please feel free to get in touch with me here on Telegram. I'm Serafina197. I also have um, a, a room. It's Royalty Depository, all about the Royal Monarch families. And uh, I'm also on Instagram, Serafina2947. So it, it's it's like I can help you through the process. I've done it with C-level management people where their corporate um, uh, presidents were trying to get rid of them. And I was doing a three-way call with them in their HR department. I'm here to help people that deserve it. If you're trying to commit fraud, you'll, you'll be arrested because the insurance companies, they don't want to pay out. They will put surveillance on you. And you know what? You're so right about, you know, not committing fraud or lying about something. We have to remember that this war that we're in is good versus evil. You cannot say that you're on the side of good while doing evil, manipulative things. These people that are committing these crimes against humanity will pay. Justice will be served. Mark my words. Before you go, hit follow and share with a friend. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday.